Can can you say I I really want to get deeper so I can say that's what she said and make it into a sound bite? Will you put this whole thing in there? Yes. I really want to get deeper. That's what she said. Did that have enough depression in there? <laughs> uh, it's it's it'll do. It'll do, donkey. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> now I want waffles. Welcome to Chicken Adobo for the Soul, where two siblings talk about life like they know what they're doing. I'm Rachel. And I'm Terrence. So it has been a very long time since we've done this. Yeah, yeah. Way Lots too of long. busy stuff going on. Oh my god, tell me about it. <laughs> no, for real. Uh, like, so much has happened actually uh, since the last time. It's been pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. So on my side, um, I'm happy to report. I like saying it, things like that. I'm happy to report that Marcus and I are expecting our first child. Woo! Congratulations. Very, very excited. Thank yeah. you. Heck yeah. Thank you, Uncle John John. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Thank you for calling me that as opposed to grandpa. <laughs> a grunkle? A... No, no, just uncle is fine. Just uncle is perfectly <laughs> fine. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but I guess, okay, so I guess that explains it. But no, you will be Uncle John John. Thank you. Um, we are in the. First week of the second trimester. So far, things are looking really well. Uh, my mother-in-law is very excited. I think the first two weeks, she was sending a bunch of boxes of baby stuff to my house. Slightly overwhelming, but I can tell she's very excited. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I came over to your place to, uh, last week, I think, right? And yeah. there's just so much stuff, brand new <laughs> stuff, just sitting in the living room, like low-key jealous. Yeah, we just haven't even, and they're huge boxes. She's she got the big ticket items, which we are absolutely grateful for because baby stuff is expensive. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I'm glad I don't have it yet. <laughs> I don't have to worry about those expenses yet. Oh yeah. Also, selecting stuff and deciding what you want. I think Marcus, we decided to go through a baby store and just kind of put our hands on stuff, really test things out. Before I knew it, we were in the stroller section for about forty five minutes. Huh. I never thought that picking a stroller would be that much or that difficult or that take that much time. It's really just like show up, what's on the shelf, grab grab one, good to go. Yeah, like it, it and it got pretty weird. So after a couple of strollers, the, so the strollers these days, I shouldn't say these days because it's not like I've been alive for a very long time, but they now have, uh, you know, lifelong... Um, modes to them so you can use them anywhere from an infant to as you know to an adult to yes and like for example (laughs) for example for the small child some of the seats were like at a angle it wasn't looking like an actual seat it was it got weird so yeah you really have to test things out oh all right then yeah Um, you can't just pick one up I, I, I don't know. I'm still having such a difficult time like wrapping my head around it because I probably I've never had to seriously consider it, right? I've never had to actually be present and start fiddling with the settings or whatnot. Uh and so it just it just feels so unusual that so much thought has to go into what's the right stroller for me? What's the right fit for my family? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like 
Yeah. It, it's like things have just gotten really and just different devices have gotten very, um, I guess, parent friendly. Like now they have car seats where you put it in the car. So a normal car seat that I'm used to is you'd put it in a car and you kind of have to contort your body to get the baby in safely, right? Mm-hmm. Now they have car seats that actually swivel so that way you can keep your body straight. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's also, smart. Those car seats are like $200 more than the average car seat. Well, how much how, how much is your back <laughs> worth? How much is protecting your back worth? I, exactly. Right? So it's like, do you want that or do you just want to contort your body? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. It's yeah. I think you're gonna have a great time. I think, I say that sarcastically. I think you should get that. You should get the you know contortion free seat, so that when you are done making your rounds of producing humans, right? Oh, you don't want to hurt your back, yeah, and you yeah, want yeah, these yeah. hammy down. Exactly, exactly. I'll take that hammy down. Hell yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's prolong the the value of that investment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if baby stuff is an investment, at least the big ticket items mm. are an investment. But yeah. the baby itself is an investment. Like and that. Like I better that. be taken care of in my in my twilight years. Right. That that's the whole reason I'm having these children. And, yeah. and you know, I gotta keep the farm manned. I gotta make sure that there's, you know, someone to till the fields. Yeah, that, that definitely is the case. Yeah, you're gonna be old. Maybe you should get the six hundred dollar car seat that swivels. No, no, no. You. you will get that. <laughs> no, 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 sir. <laughs> Uh, whatever. But all this baby stuff aside, we're very, very excited. Um, it was very cute. We had our first ultrasound a couple weeks ago, and I saw—I don't know if it was panic or if it was like, "Oh God, this is real." But I saw Marcus's eyes get really big. <laughs> it was—it yeah. was, it was cute. Like the the baby started like moving a little bit, and his eyes got really big. And I thought. That's amazing. Looked over at him and I thought, are you panicking or are you just realizing this is really real? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what happens when, you know, when a man loves a woman and they they, they do things, right? Yeah. This is the kind of, on. This is the natural consequence of these things. <laughs> is that the extent of the talk? Yes, yeah, that's, that's the extent <laughs> of the talk. So, you know, for my future grandkids who are listening to this, you know, ask your parents about what I mean. <laughs> don't don't come to me. I will drop you off to your aunt's house and they will tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need not explain anything else. No, but uh so that's that's kind of a big reason why I suppose we've been on hiatus for quite a while. Everybody's been busy. <laughs> Super busy. Yeah, busy making people and <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. That's not that's not the reason. No. Um life, Yeah, but life. what about you? You've been busy. You've been very busy. Yes. Uh life has been pretty insane. Um most let's let's start with the most recent and then roll our, our roll the clock back. But right now I'm working on another uh degree for uh, it's it's kind of like the military master's degree, right? It's called JPME, the Joint Professional Military Education. And it's not I don't know. I I, I don't want to say it's easy per se right but it definitely doesn't have the same gravitas or the same kind of difficulty curve as what you might find at a civilian institution i don't know at least that's what it feels like right now the readings are straightforward the writing assignments are very simplistic and again this is not a knock on the military education system you have to consider again that a lot of people who are taking this course have been out of the uh, out of an academic environment for a long time 
right? And they're, you know, trying to get people ramped back up and back up to speed. So these first few months, I imagine, are going to be par- uh, fairly simple. And I'm excited for, you know, when we get to the more juicy slash meaty content, right? To that comment, are you the youngest in, oh, hell in no. the class? No, no, goodness okay. no. Remember, I started a little later in my military career, right? So, you know, there are late 20-somethings in the class. Uh, I am in my mid-30s. Like, oh, man, yeah, like solidly in my mid-30s. <laughs> and I'm, I don't know, I'm not the oldest in the class by any means, but I'm certainly not the youngest either. So okay. there's that going on right now. Um, my elective for next semester courses a course on the the introduction to digital history. That's something that got approved, and I'm going to be teaching four classes next semester. So I'm pretty uh, pretty stoked about that. But at the same time, like man, that's 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 a lot to juggle. Like four classes is going to be about eighty five students or so, plus uh, JPME. Uh, and then plus making plans to transition out of the academy, like getting ready to move, right? So that's I'm going to have to probably sell sell my condo or you know f- get a property manager. Sorry, not you. Uh... <laughs> I did for background. He was he was thinking about getting a property manager. I was like, well, I did that. I can help, but I do understand that you know not mixing family and business and and actually since you bring that up now more so like. I don't know if I could even do it. Yeah, you're you're gonna have to manage your own property, aka those children. Hey, hey! Just kidding. Kids are not property. For for legal reasons, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. Um, and then now going farther back, I was actually in a fairly romantic relationship. Actually, right. Um, very, very fortunate and very happy that that all happened. Uh, not happy how it ended, but, or that it ended. So I guess, spoiler alert, we're broken up now. Very short, short-lived uh, whirlwind romance, one might say. And it was really great while it lasted, I'd say. Um, met through a mutual friend. And so she is the roommate of a friend of mine from grad school and my friend from grad school had just moved into this new apartment had been there for only a couple months and after they've gotten to know each other well enough she was like you know you're just like my friend terrence i bet you two would get along really really great and sure enough the first time we all got together and got introduced to one another you know we went to this soccer game uh i can't remember what german team it was came to dc to play the DC United team, stomped him, by the way, because Americans are not great at soccer. And <laughs> by around, I don't know, like 7, 7.30, 8 p.m. at night, while the game's going on, she and I still had our sunglasses on. Uh, and so our mutual friend asked us, hey, you know, it's dark out now. Why do both of you still have your sunglasses on? And in unison, uh, pa- like perfectly paced at the same exact time, we responded, because we're cool. You never told me that. Oh, I didn't? I swear I did. No. And that's so, cute. yeah, yeah. And so, as soon as the words rolled out of our mouths, we just looked at each other and we knew that this was going to be great. Like, on the same wavelength, same vibe, all across the board. It was awesome. Um, and so, for the couple months that we were together, right, my all of our entire weekends were really just hanging out with one another. And so that bit into the podcasting time, that bit into my professional time, because I usually do a lot of grading slash lecture prepping. 
uh, and all that during the weekends um, on top of playing video games. <laughs> um, Professionalism. Oh, absolutely. Right. And so that's where a good chunk of my time had gone over the past few months. Right. And um, on top of all the other things that are going on with the family, on top of all the other things that are going on at work, it, it became really difficult for us to find time uh, to podcast. And so here we are. Uh, now yeah. that I'm now that I'm single again, <laughs> <laughs> I I think one of the big things or uh, great things about this, um, where things are now is that I've kind of rekindled slash rediscovered my 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 passion slash the enjoyment I I get from editing podcasts or just really like working in digital media production, right? I have a couple of video projects lined up at work right now. They're pretty major ones. And one is super ambitious that it may end up going on PBS. If I make That's it... That's exciting. Yeah, I literally just had this conversation this past Friday with um, uh, one of the professors on campus because they had done something already like this. It made it on PBS uh, and it was a very amateur production, but still, right? It made it on national TV. And so... You know, I, I know, I personally know I can do better than what they had done then. And I know that, I mean, if that's the standard, if that's the metric, then yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. I'll make it on national TV. That's uh, amazing. So I'm very stoked about this. And here we are. Yeah, I want to, I do want to comment because the more I thought about getting ready for today's episode, which has been our one-on-one -on -one episode, it's been a while since we've done that. I think in the time period where we were busy and life was going on. Um, I, I, I'll just say this. I kind of felt like we strayed away from our mission statement and we lost track of why we were doing this. And I don't want to set us up for failure or set the bar too high, but I think the hope is at least for me, I don't want to, I don't want to speak for you. So you tell me if you agree or disagree, but disagree um, by default. Okay. John John texted a couple, uh, last week and was like, do you want to record? I'm ready to get back on the horse on this. And I realized, you know, like we should really be sticking true to our mission statement and doing this again. And um, I, I think it like now it's, I, I, I don't know if you remember me commenting to you, but I think it's time to get a little deeper. Like let's really unlock some things. I think that it'd be really exciting to learn something about each other and learn from each other. Um, different perspectives, opinions. Obviously, that's why we're doing this. But we're, I felt like we were losing that therapeutic um, um, mission for this, which is really for us. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like we were really cracking the shell and getting deeper in there. I think, I think the unspoken um, fear was that we maybe were too scared to get too deep. Um, at least that's for me, but I'm ready to I'm ready to really get deeper in and really talk about some of the things that we don't, that people don't really want to talk about. I suppose I agree. I mean, uh, um, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be in front of the mic again. And I'm happy to be going through this process and deeper. It's, it's better where it's, wait, hang on. How, how does, how does that song in the little mermaid go? Oh God. Oh no, never mind. There's nothing deep about it. It's just better better where it's wetter under the sea. There it is. Wow. Hey, hey, this is a children's movie, okay? Let's not <laughs> let's not think too deeply into it, okay? <laughs> That's not the kind of depth we're going for. I see what you were trying to do and I appreciate that. You're welcome. Thanks. But uh <laughs> no, anyway, no, please if you want to kick us off on this week's topic or this week's uh, conversation. 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, this week's topic came up because uh, John, John, uh, who else? Myself and our other siblings were talking about more of a um, a personal family issue, and it kind of sparked uh, discussion. I guess we were pre- you and I were presenting sides to one o- to our sibling, and I realized, okay, John John comes from a different side. I'm coming from a different side, and I guess it sparked into um, like I guess cynicism versus naivete. And I don't, I thought that that was really interesting to talk about. Um, so then I started doing a little bit more research, trying to see how what side I actually stand on, and I. I actually don't, I really don't know. And I, I wouldn't say I'm entirely naive, but maybe I am by choice is what I texted John John this morning. Cause I was thinking about it more, but I don't know. I'll kind of hand it off to you to maybe represent whatever side that you would like to be on, or if you're a good mixture of both. No. So uh, I, I certainly strongly believe that I am on that cynical end of the spectrum. Right. Uh, and it, it's funny to think that I, embrace that even though i also kind of contradictorily contradict contra whatever in in a way i kind of contradict <laughs> myself because i also have faith in people i have i believe that people will ultimately eventually come around to do the right thing but i know that that doesn't always pan out either and so i don't know i think a lot of my cynicism is just informed by the fact that I'm I'm raised by my my mom, who is certainly that she absolutely has zero faith in people, right? <laughs> Which is a terrible way to think about it and a terrible way to look at the world. I I'd say, um, because in her view, the what do you call it? If if you can't trust anybody, the only people that are you know worth keeping are. I suppose is me. I mean, I was the only person in her corner, and she communicated that very strongly to me and very regularly with me, right? That, you know, I'm I'm the only one who's going to be able to look out for your interests. And so you should also be looking out for mine. Right? That 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 was it. And so we are the only two against the rest of the world. And that lay at such odds with the rest of how my family in California went about their business that they were very tightly knit. And even though she always, you know, accused them of being duplicitous and two-faced or um, manipulative, right? Now, you know, some of that eventually in, like became impressed upon me, and it took me a long time to uh, undo a lot of that or get past that and try to see the those those relatives for who they really are. Um, you know, growing up in that kind of environment really sets you up to be anti-cooperative, anti-cooperation, anti-collaboration, anti-family, um, I suppose, right? And I don't know, I, I'm still dealing with a lot of the fallout of that now. Um, partially helps explain why I'm single for so long or why I remain single, right? And yeah, I, I am I am cynical. I'm much more cynical about uh, my outlook on the rest of the world. I could say some of some of what you said, I guess, kind of explains a lot. You know, I do think that you are moving on from it because I think as we've gotten closer since you've moved to this side and as we've communicated more, I will say, I think you've you've chosen what part of the family you want to get closer to. And I think you still tread lightly with yes. certain things. And I think you still I know you tread lightly around us with certain things. Um, and that's fine. That's kind of, you know. I hope, um, which I've explained to our other sibling is, you know, like, 
the hope is obviously all four of us are really true and open, honest, because that's your best allies. That's that's what I believe. And I believe that's that's I feel like there's a whole other conversation with siblings. Um, I think that as I read uh, just briefly into both definitions, I think that um, I think that based just on personal experience, I think I take on I think I'm more on the cynical side than I thought, just because I I feel like I have met a wide range of people. And sometimes I just don't have faith in humanity. And sometimes I think that's why I have such a close knit circle. And it's, you know, there are times where it's just, I, I rely on Marcus way too much to try and, um, I don't know, maybe open my eyes or maybe restore my faith in humanity. But, um, and that's kind of sad because I like to think that I trust people, but at the same time, I don't trust you that much. I'm only giving you like maybe 60% of my trust. Yeah. Which I feel like is a lot. But um, I think for me, I've always just, and maybe in a, in a similar fashion, just, I think for me, I trust myself. I know myself. I know what I want, what I need, what I, you know, what the don'ts in my life. And I've learned to, um, I guess, avoid situation and situations and people um, that allow, you know, a naive side of me to come out. And I don't want, I don't want that vulnerability to show. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that protection or protecting ourselves from being exposed to those kinds of dangers, right, is, I think that's pretty natural. That's pretty human. That's a common defense mechanism across the board, right? Where we just don't want to, I don't want to deal with being hurt. Uh, and I, I find the dynamic kind of interesting now I've been thinking about it that, you know, in the property management business and or the hotel, the hospitality business, you are meeting a billion people. You are meeting tons and tons and tons of people. But, you know, like the, the degree of engagement isn't necessarily like the deepest, I'd say. Right. It's right. You have issue A. OK, cool. Let's take care of issue A. Have a good day. Bye. See you later. Right. Yeah, move on to the next person. Move on to the next person. Exactly. It's a revolving door of problem solving and uh, human interaction. Whereas on on my on my end, in my experience in the military, especially on a navy in the navy context, right? And again, disclaimer, right? The opinions expressed in this podcast are mine and mine alone. They do not reflect the Department of the Navy, Department of Defense, or uh, the U.S. government in any capacity. Jesus Christ. We always forget. I always forget to write it because I want you to say that, and then also put in like side effects include. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Side effects include suicidal depression and um, yes, among other things. <laughs> anyway, no. So in in the military, right? You are exposed to, let's say, on a destroyer, for example, about three hundred people. But these are 300 people you're going to go on deployment with. You're going to be there for the next few years of your life with, right? This is like your high school batch, essentially, your high school class, right? And you're going to get to know damn near all of them in more than just a cursory fashion, more than just a name on their uniform or a name on a piece of paper or, you know, this this person from room 211 etc right and so i think in my experience i've been able to see be be more disappointed because the longer you get to know someone the more you get invested in them and then of course sure enough it's only a matter of time until someone does disappoint and 
setting multiplying that that by 300 that potential for disappointment 300 times over or a thousand or 3000 if you're on an aircraft carrier right just is all the more incentive to cut off as much contact as possible and just purely purely maintain professional relations across the board like okay what's the job today cool we've done the job let's get the hell out of here let's go home i don't care about anything else in your life right but then if if officers if leaders in the military were even to get close to really adopting that idea that kind of perspective or that philosophy then things rapidly fall apart because good leadership is also equated to like good investment in your people and that includes spending time with them and actually getting to know them but that being that good leader means you're going to set yourself up for pain. And God, that sucks. Yeah, weak. Love is, love is weak. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, if we can all just be like robots and really effective machines, uh, all the best. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I actually, I have to agree with that. Rip. Yeah, it's, I, I think more so I have to agree with that, you know, and... Again, it always sucks. We always compare ourselves to our current work life, but that's, you know, that's what we know. Yeah. That's what we know. That's who we are. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do believe in a work family in that I don't need to be your best friend and I don't need to like know your favorite color, know whether or not you want grilled chicken on your salad or fried chicken on your salad. I, you know, to the extent as I know everybody's birthday at work, but wow. otherwise, yeah, just a little bit of office morale. Um, but being a robot at work, like you kind of, yeah, with, with the people that I've encountered, even though it's very superficial, like, hey, what's your problem? Great. Let me solve it. Move on. Who's the next person? Being that robot is is very important. And I have to, I'm, I guess I'm surprised that I agree with you on that. Yeah, actually, you know, I, I am too. Because right? when, we, <laughs> when we first pitched this idea of uh, cynicism versus naivete, I was like, yes, I am squarely in the cynical corner and Rachel's squarely in the naive corner. Uh, and neither of these are good, right? <laughs> neither of these yeah, are no, good they're things. not good. These are both vices. <laughs> Don't listen to us. <laughs> no, no, these aren't even vices. These are just straight up like flaws. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like, maybe not fatal, but these are pretty bad flaws, period. Right. And so I, I'm genuinely surprised that you are also in the same camp. Maybe, maybe hope, hopefully, hopefully not as extreme as I am, but you know, we're there. No, I, I don't, I don't think it's an extreme and I don't think you're as extreme as you think you are. But I, I think that what I'm trying to say is when you're that robot at work there, you have that hard shell, you have that protection, you know, and like, People say things to me all the time at work, even now in this great job that I have, and I do not let it bother me because you can't. You're just going to let it weigh you down. Even in my hotel days, I never actually, you know, my general manager would kill me then, but I never read any of the negative comments just because like I knew what they were going to say. They were going to complain about the amount of shampoo that we put in the bottles. They were going to complain about, I don't know, how, how hard the towels are. Like, I don't need to do that. Yeah. I don't need to surround myself with that negativity. So much of that is out of your control anyway, all right? Exactly. Yeah. So I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is I guess I like the I like being the robot at work because I don't like the negativity. I don't want to surround myself with that. So um I guess in a way I like the I like 
maybe naive isn't the right word. Maybe I guess ignorance is bliss kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't like to put myself in those situations. You're not my whole world. My whole world is in this room, <laughs> in my shed. But, wow. you know, um, it's, yeah, I don't need to know how crappy your day has been because I'm not going to let it affect mine. There's a, there's one officer that I always, always refer to. And I was recently talking to one of the midshipmen I, I am a mentor for about this. And she was the officer that was charged with like training me when I first came to the ship. Uh, Krista, I'm not going to give the full name, but Krista, right? She was a, a fellow division officer, but she's had a couple of years ahead uh, of me. And she's supposed to get me ramped up and, you know, caught up to speed on how the Navy slash how this destroyer house slash the anti-submarine uh, warfare side of the house works because that's what I was getting trained on. And so she had just had this kind of undefeatable attitude about her, very optimistic, highly positive and very cheerful, like nothing, nothing that the Navy threw at her, nothing that work or, you know, the environment threw at her phased her, right? Um she was my my lead officer of the deck when we were standing watching the bridge. And no matter how crazy the navigational situation got, no matter how tight the picture became, and then we had to, you know, adjust constantly on the fly, she was just like, oh, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Oh, wow, this is fun. <laughs> right? Um, I, I don't know if that's maniacal or, or some kind of, like, there's something wrong with her head, but it's something to admire, the the ability to to just really, like, roll with those punches and not be beaten down by it, because I'll, I'll have to admit, I, I, I do not have the same degree of grace, and I was never able to manage the, the same exact things that have been, you know, affecting her. It w- I, I won't be able to, to deal with those same exact things with the level of composure that she, she demonstrated. And that's wild to me. Like, I, I, I don't know how you can be so positive and so open and optimistic and accepting of, of these these crazy things happening to you and then still uh, still have that, you know, bright, bubbly, cheerful exterior. That's, so that, that's that is insane. Me. Yeah, screw you. What's wrong with you? There's <laughs> that something, is me. You guys, you guys got some wires really, really messed up in your head. It's, you know, I, I think more so I do it... Um, yeah, again, to protect myself. So we would, I worked with a manager in my hotel days and she would rather, and she had, she, she would rather take 15 minutes to complain about how somebody mistakenly ordered the wrong type of coffee instead of just making it. She would rather take a half hour to complain about how somebody just now decided to check out of the room. And that's another room we have to clean. I you like, you and I, yeah, I'll apply this in life. You have to roll with the punches. Life, life is going to keep going on and you have to, I, I'm not, I don't have time to dwell on it. I want to move on to the next thing. I want to move on being positive onto the next thing. Move on to the, you know, okay. So, all right. So this guy ordered his drink and it was wrong and I had to make a new one. Oh, no big deal. Maybe the next five things that come after that are really good and things go according to plan. But you know what? That's life. Things don't always go according to plan. Mm-hmm. And that's always been my um, 100% my work ethic, but also sort of what I take in my personal life. Like if something goes wrong with my own coffee, like no big deal. Let me ask for a new one or whatever. But it's it's for myself. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to put that weight 
on myself and bear that negativity. And I don't want my views in the world and humanity to change as well. And I think, and I know that that sounds like I contradict myself with my earlier statement with my lack of faith in humanity. Yeah. I guess I've just, I guess with that, I've learned to navigate through this maze of, of different humans and their different personalities. And I'm okay with that. It, it it does seem like a lot of work on my part, but I guess anything to stay positive. When you mentioned that the example of that lady who's going to complain and complain and complain when the solution is going to take less than the amount of time it gets, it takes to complain and get a proper solution or get a proper response from management, right? I feel like that's that's one extreme end. The other extreme is that just you like dealing with it. Right, and then you know, putting keeping the smile on your face. I I want to I want to believe I want to think that I hopefully fall somewhere in between because I am gonna constantly bitch and moan about how shitty life can get. But <laughs> as I am bitching and moaning and complaining, I am trying to actively make a difference or actively trying to fix things because. I can be very, very vocal and very angsty and very, very cynical when it comes to, you know, the, the perception or the feeling of being wronged. Uh, especially on my last tour, on the last ship uh, that I was on, like, my God, man, like every single day was just, you know, more fuel onto this fire that is just this this this, this hate that burns so deep within my core. Um, but... I'll share my frustration with my fellow division officers. I'll make a ton of memes for it. I'll be crucifying, you know, the the people who have slighted me in in various ways. But of course, you know, keeping it online and keeping it private, right? Um, or keeping it in the meme space and private. Sorry, that's what I should say. Um, <laughs> but I'll still show up to work and I'll be like, "Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yep. All right. We'll take care of it. We'll. we'll yep. Yep." Roger that. We'll get it done. No problem. And then turn around and instantly like make the the worst memes and just. Is there a specific reason why, or is it just impulsive? Why you hold on to that type of like hate and negativity rather than let it roll off your shoulders? I don't know. It's been nearly three years at this point and I'm still holding on to it, but uh, (laughs) it might just be because it's so fundamental to my identity as a service warfare officer right that we we are just a a constantly bitter batch of people and we're very vocal about it that's kind of what our community is known for in the military and you know meanwhile pilots are jocks and they get the coolest they get the coolest job i guess right flying flying fast being tactical submariners are equally um pissy about their job but at least they get paid a lot more than we do so they don't they can they can wipe their tears with their hundred dollar bills right <laughs> um meanwhile i don't uh, and so on seals just get all the love and they get to do all the cool stuff anyway too so they're really not complaining uh etc cetera, etc cetera. but for us kind of get the short end a little bit and hey hey um i don't know why i hang on to it for so long i think it's just comfortable to do so i guess i think it's uh it's like familiar. that. Hmm? Familiar. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Familiar. And it just feels uh, feels good to be able to hate on something. Because, I don't know, like loving something takes more work. Okay. I could, I could see that. They, You know, they, I've been told writing about, you know, 
writing about love is a lot more work, takes a lot more emotion, a lot more mentality, put yourself in that headspace. It's just, it's interesting. Like I'll, I guess I'll post to you, let it go. Don't let that hate dwell on you. Let it go, Elsa. No, (laughs) no. Like that scene scene out of the Lord of the Rings. You know, cast it into the fire. Cast it into the fire. No. <laughs> uh, no, I no, I don't know, man. Um I feel like I would be betraying my previous self for wanting to let all this go because they were so deeply and passionately like attached to this to this hate. And I'm don't pretty you feel like it's weighing you down? No, it it keeps me sharp. <laughs> my okay. hate keeps me strong just like the sith Ew. yeah well i guess in a way yeah i guess i could see it keeps you sharp in that maybe you know what to avoid i suppose yeah unless you just don't avoid those situations sometimes there's no escaping it we're stuck on a freaking metal tube or a metal that's box. true there's that's n- true there's absolutely no escaping i don't get to go home at the end of the day and be like ah <laughs> yes and even if I do on shore, they still reach me. The, the, my problems chase me down on Facebook Messenger, by text, by direct phone calls. Like, That's there's true. no escaping. There Ugh. is no escaping it for you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, no, sorry. Let's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, I, okay, there were a couple things where I read, it's like, which one's better, being cynical or being naive? Actually, yeah. What, what, are, find, what are the findings for that? A lot of people said depends on the situation. Oh, I was like, like, all right, well, that's a cop out answer. Yeah. I mean, what were the situations where naivete is better? I didn't go further into it. I didn't get it. Yeah, I didn't really get a good chance because I think in my head, I automatically thought being cynical would be better. (laughs) I think think you have to, I think you and I have a good combination of being cynical. But still, in a way, being kind, like we're not jerks to the whole world. We just <laughs> don't entirely trust the whole world. I, or, you uh, know, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not, I, I just, I know that I lean more towards being cynical than naive. I suppose I can, uh, I, I guess I can in- encapsulate that that observation you have about us, about being, you know, being being cynical, but also trying, trying to be kind of kind, <laughs> kind of kind. Um in how my past relationship ended. Right? Okay. Pretty gracious. Pretty, I, I feel like I'm pretty gracious when it comes to being slighted or, or uh, being wronged. Right. And so. Yeah. I mean, you're not, I have to agree with that because you're not slashing anybody's tires. No, no, no. I don't think I will. Um, <laughs> but no. So in, in the relationships case, there were, Three times, three separate times where alcohol became a, a, a significant problem or a, a, a problem that was that really required a sit down, a proper sit down and like address it. Right. And each of those times we, we had a fruitful conversation and then the, the, the walk away takeaway points was won't happen again. Right. But that happened three times, three, three times uh, over the course of two months. And on the fourth time and arguably the worst instance of it, I was, I'm done. I, I don't have the patience for this, right? We're both adults at this point. We should have better grasp of who and how we are, how we conduct ourselves. And after three serious conversations about how to avoid this or how to not have this happen again, 
on the fourth time, I just I don't have the patience to deal with this anymore. And so when it comes to that cynicism and that edge and that unwillingness to engage, I broke up with her over a Google Doc. I didn't give her the courtesy of a phone call or actually do it in person, uh, partially because I didn't didn't want to expend any more energy towards it. I've, I've committed a lot of energy in the previous three uh, three times the problem came up, and clearly it wasn't being I, my efforts weren't being reciprocated there. So cynicism, yes, degree of kindness. I a lot of that kindness went out the window. Like I, I just don't have patience. I think you've exhausted the patience, though. So I think at that point, now, like I've had, I had some thoughts on the Google Doc and the. I guess I should say this. I had some thoughts on the method you took of breaking up with her. Just in that, really a Google Doc? Yes, really a Google Doc. But I get why you did it and the level of detail that you put into it because you had exhausted all of your patience already. I mean, from what John John has told me in the three instances, I mean, the only thing I got to say is, come on, like, we are adults. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. I'm here ready to look for the love of my life, ready to start, you know, move on to the next step, the white picket fence, all that good stuff. And it's just kind of like where I'm not in this phase anymore. Yeah. I'm not in this phase where alcohol is water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and- so I, I, I agree. I, under, I agree and I understand with your reasoning for doing it. Again, Google Doc, I'm personally like a phone call or at that point, maybe a really long text message. But, you know, it is what it is. But you I think that you are right in doing it because you are are exhausted all of your patience already. I do agree that you are pretty gracious when you have been wronged. I think there I've only maybe heard very minimal accounts like, oh, I got given the wrong dinner. And no big deal, but I was really annoyed because I was looking forward to this dinner. But I think that you did what you needed to do. Hmm. Yeah. Unfortunate as it was. Yeah. You pulled a Ross or a Rachel with the 18 pages. How many pages was your Google Doc? Uh, I don't know. Six, I think. God. Six pages single spaced. Wow! I know. Oh man, I, font size eleven, probably. Yeah. What is whatever the, the matter default, with you? Whatever the default is for Google Docs. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? Calibri. What is the matter? It's, oh my god! It's no. It's it was detailed. It was. I had to make the case. Like I tell, I told my well, I told my friends uh, at work that like I structured my this letter just like the Declaration of Independence, right? You're that, a dork. Here's a, the the first part of it is here's the situation, right? This is what's happening right now. And then the following section is here are the list of grievances, right? <laughs> and then at the very end, here's the call to action. Here's what we're going to do. Or really, here's what I'm going to do, right? Uh, so, yeah, historically motivated document here. Not to flow too much off topic, but what did you hope to accomplish with that level of detail? justice i don't know um (laughs) what the heck just make my case clear make my position clear communicate that my this is my position uh and through the delivery and through the method through the 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 device then it to to communicate my discontent and my displeasure okay yeah maybe she'll learn something uh 
I hope so. <laughs> well, to flow back on topic, yes. so we've kind of discussed uh, cynicism and and how do you even say it again? Because I know I said it wrong in the beginning. Naivete. I think you said it right. It sounded weird when I said it, and then you said it correctly, and I was like, well, I said it wrong. Oh, Anyways, are we giving uh, our listeners like a piece of advice or anything on this? I don't know. Is there is there anything, a proper takeaway from all this? Because I feel like we just bitched at one another for uh, for the past I 45 minutes. I feel minutes. like we did. <laughs> <laughs> um. No? I feel like I feel like we pretty much told you guys to be careful around other people. I guess. I mean, everybody falls somewhere on the spectrum, right, of cynicism versus naivete, and I think just like that article you read, like the the, the your your stance ultimately depends on the situations that you've faced, that you've dealt with. I'm sure that there's an absolute proper, healthy, truthful way to go about personal business that isn't cynical or isn't naive but i don't know if anyone's properly 100 percent figured that out we're just yeah. going with a thing that works for us at the time but i do think it's important to handle it with grace sure yeah whatever that means yeah yeah exactly whatever that might mean and uh, <laughs> that that's what makes this that's what makes like living i guess so much and in, so so interesting because there's just all this drama and all this difficulty, all this complication, right? That we have to sort out. We have to figure out. And maybe by the time we do, when we're 90, ah, well, damn. It's we too made late. it. Yeah. And then we're going to go tell our grandkids who are never going to listen anyway. And then they have to go spend the next 70 years of their life to go figure it out. And then they'll and be then like, oh. Hopefully they start a podcast and they try and regurgitate everything we told yeah, them. Yeah, really. That's right. how that works. Yeah, uh, that's our advice for our listeners. <laughs> fun. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We really missed you. And uh, we do. I, I, I'll say it. We promise that we're going to do this a little bit more. And. Maybe shell out some more advice. Oh, yeah. I mean, admin note, by the way, like this is actually our, well, technically second, but this is going to be our first released episode that's done purely remotely. Like, Oh, yeah, that's right. Rachel's at home. I'm at home. Uh, and like the first time we did this remotely, Amanda was with us, but I <laughs> I kind of fumbled the files and I lost the entire recording. So, boo. <laughs> um, but here we are. So if if you hear some, you know stuff in the background that's from each of our respective places right we're not we're not sharing a physical space anymore yeah alas until you know until we have time to get together but this does make it easier yeah this this works i think this works pretty great regardless yeah Yeah. absolutely Mm -hmm. so thanks guys And, and Rachel has, you know, finally sorted out the, the human making process. Yeah. Right? Not doing anything, just LOL. Eating a lot and growing a human. Yeah, yeah. The ingredients have properly been mixed at this point. Stop talking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't want to know where you were going to go with this. <laughs>